medications, we ought to talk about this and, and, and see what we can do sometime. Um, you know, a good pharmacist uh, should know things like that, and a good pharmacist should be talking about stuff like that. Um, we know uh, when there's a generic equivalent that might cost you and your insurance company a little bit less money. We know uh, that this drug doesn't uh, interact with this. We know from doctors scrawling, I think one of the best memes I've ever seen or photographed, or that it was actually a cartoon, and it was a bunch of doctors on strike, and they'd written things on these placards, but you couldn't read, read any of them. It was a joke. Anyway, um, uh, that the pharmacist can answer quite a few questions. A, pharmac a good pharmacist should be advertising that uh, often we find mistakes. We know that you know, it, you know, it looks like the Viagra for this, and we know the woman doesn't need Viagra. It need, means it's something else. Uh, so you know, we call the doctor. Are you sure that this? Because this is what this looks like. We find mistakes like that all the time. Um, we know when certain medications, uh, when taken together, cause an adverse reaction. Uh, we know this. We know that. Why shouldn't that pharmacist? be in your listener or viewer's circle of trust. Remember the movie Meet the Parents? You're in, the, I'm watching you, the circle of trust. I think that there are two. One would be your close friends and relatives. The other would be uh, all of those professional people that have been in your life all your life. I have a pharmacist uh, who is that way. And, uh, and, and, and I depend on that pharmacist. You know, are, does this drug have any uh, reactions? Does this drug, is there something I should know? Yeah, Paul, if you start taking this, uh, you may gain weight. You, you may gain, you know, 10 to 20 pounds. So, you know, you need to make sure you start exercising, watch your diet more, whatever. Gross margin of profit uh, somewhere in the, uh, the, the, the 30 to 40%. And if the customer comes in and starts buying things at retail, that's, uh, that, that is a you know, keystone or 50% gross margin right there. So what else? Uh, Doug is asking about foundation repair companies. Boy, that's a big one. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of houses on pier and beam uh, that, uh, that settle. Um, and then there are some where the concrete literally cracks and breaks. This is a big undertaking, and uh, the average sale could be substantial on a gross margin of profit of uh, somewhere around 40%. Uh, and uh, what you would notice are cracks in walls. Uh, or you put a marble on the floor, and the marble rolls real fast in one direction or another. But uh, this is a great category for us. And it's one of these home improvement areas where the yellow pages uh, used to make a fortune. And then the yellow pages went away. Uh, great. <laughs> I never saw it. I thought I'd see that personally in my lifetime. But all of these categories really open up for us. And can you imagine? Uh, you know, I mean, it's like the crack in your windshield. People just you quit looking at it after a while. Uh, and then I had somebody in the windshield repair business say, you know, uh, if you have a crack in your windshield, have you heard about the new law? The new law says if the crack in your windshield is bigger than a plumber's crack, and you have to get it fixed. Well, it's a joke, but the bottom line is you're looking at that crack in your windshield again you know, because it tends to disappear. And people, you know, they see a crack on the wall and they don't think about it, but that could uh, definitely mean a foundation issue or if doors don't shut properly, uh, you know, there could be, that could be a foundation issue and that's important. And uh, your client could well 
uh, uh, catch uh, quite a few fish from bringing up what the signs are uh, and that we can fix this, uh, we know what we're doing, and uh, it could be a lot less expensive than you think. All right, Paul, I've got one from Valerie asking if you have any ideas for feed, like livestock feed. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, there are uh, there are places that I'm talking about grain co-ops that sell feed. There are stores that sell feed. Feed stores. A lot of them sell ranch tack. Some of them sell trailers uh, for horses and livestock. Uh, there are all kinds of things. You know, one of the things that I found really, really cool in a rural area, I believe it was in Iowa, and uh, what those people did, they were trying to make that store more of a community center, you know, they, encouraging groups to meet there like a book club, uh, they have enough space that a book club could meet there. Uh, any reason to get people over there, one of the things that we had considered was an auctioneer contest for kids, where professional auctioneers come in and they, you know, kids, uh, you know, up to age 10, uh, and the auctioneer teaches them how to do that, and then they have actual live auctions. Of course, the kids' parents, grandparents, friends, everybody shows up. Uh, anything that you can do. Um, I had uh, one feed store I went to particularly for dogs. Uh, they just sell a better kind of dog food. Uh, and uh, the, the reason I went there and quit using the big chain outfit was because of the Chinese dog food that had poisonous stuff in it. And uh, and so I picked, a, you know, I'm paying more for dog food. But I have total confidence in, in, in this particular mixture. I think the client has my best interest at heart. Uh, the dog is always welcome. I always learn things about, about uh, uh, feed that I didn't know before. They have other things I'll pick up while I'm there. Um, you know, it's like having a veterinarian on the air. I think what people need to understand is these people really, really care about animals as much as you do. Uh, and uh, that they can solve nutritional problems that your pet may be having due to age or other things. But, uh, you know, if they talk about, you know, the reason we got into this business is because uh, we love animals. I mean, that's why we got into it to begin with. And and so everything we do, everything we sell, we make sure that's vetted. And if it's something we wouldn't feed our own pet, we wouldn't sell it to you either. Uh, yeah, these kinds of, of, of things. That, that, that's a great category, by the way. And uh, remember, gross margin of profit, uh, somewhere uh, between 45 and 50% after the cost of feed, which would be uh, more than, than labor. Great, thanks, Paul. Uh, Bob, do you have any ideas for home and I'm sorry, I, I missed the last part. The home and commercial cleaning services. <laughs> uh, certainly, you're talking about, uh, for example, uh, what's it called? It's called uh, something pro, uh, carpet cleaning companies, commercial and residential. Uh, and I think what we came up with, we came up with a slogan. Uh, I, I'm usually not a very slogan-oriented service pro or service 
something or the other. Um, and if we said, you know, uh, when, when you do that, because you can go out and you can rent a carpet cleaner, but those things won't do the job that these people can do. They can come in and really deep clean. It's like walking into a new house. You know, they move all the furniture. They take pictures first. Uh, so they know where to put everything back. They move everything out of the way, and then they clean that carpet. And uh, you can say, doing it yourself, thinking about doing that, really, really? Is it Service Pro clean? Is it really? Really? Is it that clean? Because we get it clean. And so the people that do commercial buildings like apartments and condos and stuff like that, uh, you know, I think that they could probably handle my residential carpet problem where my friend Michael Holman spilled red wine on the carpet one time, gross margin of profit uh, after labor, uh, somewhere around the 40 to 45% gross margin that the client could reinvest back in that business. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can make an old carpet look new again before you replace. Why don't we try it this way first? Give us a shot first. Let us clean that room first. Andy is asking if you have any ideas for real estate agents. Yes. Does the real estate agent know a particular neighborhood better than anybody else? Why don't we talk about neighborhoods? We had a real estate agent in here the other day, uh, yesterday as a matter of fact, and there are all kinds of things to talk about. Uh, I sold a house. I think personally there's a problem out there with part-time or lazy real estate agents. In my particular neighborhood, I noticed, you know, one of those plastic boxes that goes out when the house goes on the market with some leaflets inside. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and then, of course, the people walking past the neighbors are the first to grab all those leaflets. <laughs> she thinks she's going to get what from this house? <laughs> and then it, uh, the leaflets were never replaced. Um, that's laziness. Then the lawn got out of hand. It looked, the house looked terrible. They even had a freeze and, and the pipes broke and nobody came to fix the pipes. And the house turned into an eyesore, a mess. We think there were pests in there. Um, I think that if a real estate agent says, you know, I mean, if the real estate agent says, if you're selling your house, when do you want that house sold? I want that house sold yesterday. We can sell your house. I don't know what all the commotion is. We sold 15 houses last month. Um, that's what I want to hear. Uh, real estate agents more than ever need to talk about digital. Zillow is real. Uh, MLS, uh, you know, the digital stuff now out there, you need a pro. You need a pro to get as many real estate agents as possible to see your listing. Uh, you know, now there's drone technology. You can see the exterior. What is the real estate agent willing to do for you? Uh, that's a big deal. Now, you know, the real estate agent, uh, there's the listing agent, they're the selling agent, they're not the same person. Uh, you know, uh, typically you're paying a 6% total commission, 3% uh, to the seller's agent, 3% to the buyer's agent. Um, some operated a discount. Now, there are all kinds of things that go into this. I've talked to people before that said, you know what, I'm an expert in the blah, blah, blah neighborhood. I love this neighborhood. It's close to good schools. It's a safe neighborhood. It's a playground. You can walk to shopping. I love this neighborhood. And now with interest rates still being as low as they are, I think, you know, of people that didn't think they could afford to move into this neighborhood, now you can afford that, etc. Call me if you need more information. Um, you know, once the commissions come in to the real estate office, that real estate agent out of the commissions that come in pays out, they, they have about a 40% gross margin of profit after they pay their help. 
Uh, really quickly, Paul, Bill is asking what question number seven was, if you could restate it. Uh, question number seven, what is your gross margin of profit? What's left over after either the cost of merchandise or labor, whichever is more? Uh, in, in a home builder, uh, gross margin of, margin of profit, 15 to 20% after the cost of materials, which is slightly more than labor. Remodeler, on the other hand, 30% gross margin of profit after the cost of labor, which is more than materials in a remodel job. Excellent. Uh, David has a question. Uh, do you have any ideas for a seasonal advertisement like a residential landscaping or yard care business? Absolutely. Uh, I want to say first that I fired myself from lawn care. My wife said, are you going to help me with the lawn? I said, no, I'm done. I am done with lawn work. I mean, ever since I was a boy, since I was 10 years old, I was an indentured servant. I remember my father teaching me, uh, you know, how all these tools work. Little did I know it would lead to a lifetime of misery, being stung by wasps, stepping in dog poop, uh, whacking myself with that weed eater on the ankles, uh, you know, impossible jobs, uh, you know, doing this for other people who underpay me and, and uh, you know, all of Anyway, we had a drought in Texas. Uh, I was a lawn of the month guy for a while, and finally I said, I'm done with lawn work. I'm paying some. I would rather do anything than do the lawn work. These people have three people instead of just me. They knock it out in probably a fourth of the time it took me. It looks better. I would rather pay somebody else to do it. I just would. And I'm not alone out there. There are a lot of uh, folks out there right now saying, I feel the same way. I am done with lawn work. I'm done with it. Uh, let somebody else do it. Uh, and, and, and that could be the whole campaign right there. Gross margin of profit, uh, again, somewhere in the 45% to 50% area after the cost of labor. I hope this works for you. Um, Amy has a question. Do you have any ideas for funeral homes? Yes. Uh, there are a number of them, but here is the best thing I've ever come up with. And uh, I was listening to somebody in that business. Uh, I said, what makes you sad after all these funerals, after all this time? And the guy says, when people come out in, you know, when they have a funeral and they've outlived everybody and there's nobody left, they've outlived their spouse, all their children, all their friends. Had a lady in here named Elizabeth. She came in. Uh, she was 100. Uh, she, was, uh, she was still living on her own in her own house until about three years ago. She fell and broke her hip. Uh, people knew her. She was an exceptional woman. One thing I know about her that nobody else knew was during World War II, she uh, was uh, in the military and she was a scientist and helped come up with a, uh, a water filtration system that helped save the lives uh, of our troops, helped them from getting sick, from drinking contaminated water, uh, you know, and, and I said, my God, Archie, you just made a commercial. He said, what do you mean? I said, how many of these stories about deceased people do you know? And he said, well, I know a lot. I said, well, all you have to do is tell these stories. It would be like the old Paul Hardy, the rest of the story. Uh, you'd say, you know, she was a nice woman. She lived a long time. She was quiet. She worked on her roses. What most people don't know about her is during World War II, uh, you know, she was a scientist. She did blah, 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 you know, and um, I, I just, you know, at, at, uh, at Mission Funeral Home, we remember 
Well, everybody wants their relatives to be remembered. I think this is a great opportunity to do an ongoing campaign where you talk about deceased people and what they did. And then uh, the funeral home director now actually has people saying, could you talk about my grandfather? Anytime they're doing a funeral, even, uh, no, even if they're not doing the funeral, but somebody famous, important to the community dies, they do that same thing. It's almost like an obituary online. Uh, it's great. At Blah 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 Funeral Home, we remember. It's a great idea. I hope, I hope you'll go out and talk to a funeral home director. It's a great tactful way to uh, remind people. So. A gross margin of profit, gross margin of profit, uh, around 55% after the cost of labor. It used to be higher, but everybody used to watch that show six feet under after all the murders and executions. I'm sorry, mergers and acquisitions in the funeral home business, it's come down a little bit. Okay, Richie is asking about local law firms, some creative for that. Yeah, uh, if it's personal injury, uh, I got to tell you, uh, nobody's better than Gary Johnson in East Kentucky. You can look him up. Uh, he's all over the media. He owns the media, and he talks about everything. Sometimes he talks about cases. If it's an elephant in the room, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, he'll say things like, you know, people say they don't call me because they hate lawyers and they hate suing. You know what? I'm a lawyer and I hate lawyers and I hate suing too. So whenever possible, we settle uh, so that you get what you deserve. Uh, and uh, and Gary talks about all these things. At the end of every commercial, he always says, I'm Gary Johnson. I never take a case. I can't win which sounds cliche until you realize what Gary's really doing is he's in illegally influencing the entire jury pool. So you get picked for the jury and you come in and you go, oh my God, that's Gary Johnson, the guy that never loses. <laughs> brilliant. He's brilliant. And he spends a fortune in local media, uh, you know, they're, they're right there. But lawyers should be talking in headlines. Uh, let's say it's a business attorney. You know, if you're doing blah, 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 you know, you you may be liable for blah, 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 uh, and teaching people, you know, what to do. Uh, personal injury, uh, that, what about a divorce attorney? You know, at blah, 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 you know, if, if you've been threatened with divorce, you're in no, uh, you are in no emotional condition to maybe make financial decisions that may affect the rest of your life. At Dewey Cheatham and how we treat our customers like a big, big brother, we'll make absolutely sure you get everything you've got coming to you and your disloyal spouse will make sure they get what's coming Coming to them as well. Call us. Do you think we'd catch a fish? Gross margin of profit, 60% after the cost of labor for the attorney. Um, all questions in, do you have any creative ideas about beauty brands? Are you talking about, uh, when you're talking about that, are you talking about product or are you talking about a salon? Yes. Both. Both. I, let's go with both. Sure. Uh, here's the thing. And I heard this once, and I just absolutely loved it. And it was uh, a, a person that, that owned a salon, and what she was, uh, what she was saying uh, was, she, she told me, she said, uh, you know, so, I mean, I run into people. As you get older, maybe it's time to change your stylist. Like, you know, at some point, uh, let's, let's face it, you know, uh, you're getting older, but your stylist is still uh, stuck uh, with, uh, you know, in... Uh,